This episode of The Chris Johnston Show is brought to you by Sports Interaction. Sports Interaction is your homegrown sports book where local takes on an entirely different meaning, focusing on the teams, games, and players that matter to you. Sports Interaction is on the ground, on top of all the local trends, and offering prop bets that you'd never even imagine existed, from same-game parlays to a best-in-class casino featuring thousands of games and live 24-7 dealers. And now introducing The Locker Room, the first of its kind in Canada, a live watch party for the biggest games of the week sports interaction your homegrown sports book go to sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn to open an account bet local 19 plus please play responsibly and if you have questions or concerns about gambling or the gambling of someone close to you please go to connexontario.ca uh, I know that some in our audience know the finer points of hockey. The Chris Johnston Show. We are your friends. The biggest stories bringing you inside the game. What did you hear? Powered by Sports Interaction, your homegrown sports book. Always remember to bet local. Here's Chris with your host, Julian McKenzie. Part of the game. Another Monday show. CJ is live from Seattle for the NHL Board of Governors meeting. How is uh, how is uh, Seattle? I hopefully you're not uh, sleepless. There's a movie about that stuff, right? No, I've only been here 12 hours and nine of them I spent sleeping. So certainly I'm the opposite of sleepless in Seattle. I got in uh, late yesterday, uh, went for a little run along the waterfront, had a dinner and called it a night. And here we are first thing in the morning. All right. So uh, rested in Seattle does not have the same ring as sleepless. We'll We'll workshop that. Uh, it is Ask CJ Day, so we'll get to your questions. Uh, we will take from the pool of questions uh, that were dished out in the Ask CJ mailbag, which you can read at The Athletic. Congratulations on getting your own Ask CJ column at The Athletic. <laughs> it's uh, Yeah, it was fun. There's a lot of questions. They, they have a limits on how many words you can have in your, your response, so I didn't get to nearly uh, all the questions just because... There's, there's word limits and the like. Of course. But first, why not talk about some trade stuff? Let's talk about a trade that already happened. And uh, let's see if other teams may want to make some trades in the foreseeable future. Uh, the trade I'm thinking of here, uh, the Calgary Flames shipping off Nikita Zadorov in the last few days to Vancouver. Uh, he gets traded just hours before a game. And then two days later, Nikita Zadorov with the Vancouver Canucks plays against his former team. Uh, I know I've I've provided some analysis on it for the athletic. I'd love to know your thoughts on how that all went down. Well, you know, quite an interesting scenario. I remember years ago, I think Matt Duchesne, when he was traded either from Ottawa to Columbus or maybe it was Colorado to Ottawa. Anyway, one of his trades, I remember he walked down the hall and played a game immediately against his former team. But that's uh, pretty unique. And, and of course, it's given us this uh, the door off Tyler Myers pairing, which is pretty unique given uh how big those those two gentlemen are, um, you know, really intriguing. The Canucks, as we've talked about, are off to such a great start to this season. Obviously, they're feeling very bullish on, um, you know, where things could go this for them this year, and they've been looking to upgrade their blue line for some time now. And the the, the pieces fell together to to execute a trade, you know, a little sooner than we thought. I think actually in the last show, Julian, we were talking about we were. Going through the merits of do you do you make a quick trade if you're in Craig Conroy's shoes? Do you wait it out? Um, you know, one of the points I think is still salient is you might end up making four or five trades this year. So um, just from a functional standpoint, you don't want to leave that to the last day uh, right before the trade deadline, I would expect. And, um, you know, with Nikita Zadorov, 
having already uh, asked his way out to agent Dan Milstein with the fact that Canucks were pretty motivated to get a deal done. I think that uh, everything was able to fall into place there and you got to see him wear number 91 for the Canucks on Saturday after not long after finishing his flames career. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll say this uh, for a lot of people wondering, okay, well, why would the flames even do this so soon? It seems as if there was an opportunity for them to clear some cap space right away. Uh, my understanding, I had a nice conversation with uh, with Puckpedia a couple of days ago. They Their daily cap hit is below the ACSL limit, so I think they're able to accrue cap space, not the same level as another team that isn't using LTIR because the Flames are using LTIR, but they are still able to accrue some kind of cap space uh, going forward. Plus, they're able to call up younger players from the AHL without uh, as much stress as it would be before the Zadorov trade. They were able to call up Ilya Slovyov from the AHL right after. Uh, he didn't play against the Vancouver Canucks, but the team feels as if like he could be able to at least get some minutes at that bottom pairing role as well. There's some logistics that work out in their favor. They didn't retain salary either, so they didn't have to use any of their retention spots. Okay, the, the more I thought about it, the more I thought, okay, there's some... There's some good points to this trade happening now, but definitely there's still a section of fans who are wondering what they could have gotten for Nikita Zadorov if they had waited at the deadline. I don't think he was going to go for a first. There are some people who are convinced that he could have got them a first or a high return. This is a third pairing defenseman at the end of the day, right? Like he's 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 talented, he can skate, but he's like he's a third pairing guy. Like I think people should remember that at least. Right. And look, he's been traded a few times in his career already. Um, you know, I think that you can see probably what his value is through those deals. That you know, that is a reflection of what the league thinks of him. You know, it's a it's it's a good debate though because the truth is we don't know, and and yeah. there is possibly a world where you get to late February or the first week of March, and there's just not a lot of other quality defensemen out there. He ends up in very high demand. Maybe more teams can fit his salary in at that point. I mean, that was one of the things that that pushed him to Vancouver. Here is you know, a team like the Toronto Maple Leafs, for example couldn't have made this trade without some sort of salary gymnastics, um, whether that was, you know, retained salary or, or maybe the, them sending back some sort of contract. Anyway, I mean, it was the cleanest deal was there to be made with the Canucks because you, you just get the two draft picks. You don't have to, to worry about to salary retention spots and the like. So, and you get them off the books now. Um, and I think you open up your opportunities, as you say, it's, it's for the younger players. And, you know, I, I could see the Flames being like, chaos agents this year a little bit like you know it, you probably saw over the weekend that that you know Tyson Berry has permission now to, to speak to teams you know he was a, a scratch in Nashville uh things just haven't really worked out there he just wants an opportunity to play it's it, there's no no personality conflict per se but he just isn't in their 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 plans as much as he'd like to be right now and he's in a pending UFA year like I wonder if Calgary could be a fit for him um you know it, if, if only because I look at the Flames' power play, uh, which which has struggled this year, and obviously one of the, the things Tyson Berry does best is quarterback a power play, and you know I think that there there could be the need for bodies in Calgary, depending on you know the timing of other moves that are to be made, and so I think you, you should keep an eye out for them in those talks. Um, you know, New Jersey's looking for a defenseman right now that they're dealing with a whole raft of injuries on their blue line. I think they're a possibility for Barry, um, and so maybe we're starting to see some movement. I mean, this is. I usually try to, I feel like in December, I'm usually like, everyone calm down. I know we want to make all the trades, but look at history. They, they don't usually come, but maybe maybe the, the circumstances will be a little different this year because it does seem as though uh, there is a little bit of action heating up here around the league. 
we have the Chaos Giraffes in Vancouver, and we have the Chaos Short Kings on the CJ show. How's I love it? it. I love it. You're back. You're back among us. <laughs> yeah, the sub yes. five nine group. Yeah, I, I maybe I never really left. Um, <laughs> what about the what about the Leafs though? You, you did mention the fact that perhaps there was some. I mean, they were Zadorov was linked to the Toronto Maple Leafs at one point. Uh, yeah, and with and, good reason. They they like the players, yes, of course, and they, and, and they're yeah. looking to bolster their blue line as well. Exactly. Uh, they've been linked to Chris Tanev too, and he could still move. Who knows? But I mean, it doesn't change the fact that the Leafs still need some kind of defensive help. What are they saying? Well, I think that they're that the search continues. Look, that they're they're capped out to a certain degree. Um, I'm not aware of if they've gotten the full. Uh, clarity on John Klingberg yet, if he's done for the year, if he's going to have surgical procedure or not, but that was expected any day now. Um, and so that, that might at least make, you know, the, the runway for the, for any financial decisions a little cleaner and clearer for them. You know, I think that they're also at a spot where it's funny, like the CJ show chat is madness with, with all the Leaf fans in there. Uh, and, but I think it's reflective of what's happening more broadly in the fan base too. Like, you think the people are talking about this team like they've lost like 10 of 11 uh, and, and instead they're down multiple defensemen uh, due to injuries. They're, they're patched it together in, in a way with the team you wouldn't necessarily expect. You know, Ilya Samsonov really hasn't performed as, as they would hope this year. And, and yet they're, they're still putting together victories uh, more often than not and just come through November where they, they certainly had a pretty good record. So, you know, I think that they're internally still looking at the other options out there, Julian. I think that they're pretty pleased with where they're at and maybe where some of the underlying parts of their game are trending. Um, you know, I think defensively that they feel that, that they're, they're, they're giving up a lot less than, than they had been, um, say, in this last stretch of games. They're, they're coming off a pretty good game Saturday night. They lost in overtime to Boston. But, you know, again, I know the way they're looking at that as a team is how, you know, they're encouraged by how they played. They think it might have been one of their best games, if not their best game of the year. Um, so I don't know that the urgency is necessarily there, but obviously they would make a move if there was one to make. And, you know, I think ultimately what we should expect with the lease is this might not be a year where they're unloading multiple draft picks and first rounders and stuff like that for rental players. You know, that's, that's what happened last year. Um, predominantly, I mean, they did get Jake McCabe and Sam Lafferty uh, on deals that extended beyond the season. But if you remember, they, you know, spent a lot of capital in adding Nolachari and Ryan O'Reilly. Um, you know, make, making the moves they did, Eric Gustafson and, and the like. And, you know, I think that maybe they don't want to be in the rental game quite as much. And so if, if you end up talking about a Chris Tanev trade ever takes fruition, I wonder if that comes with some sort of extension for the player. I mean, um, you know, I think the Leafs feel like they're getting by just fine is kind of the idea here. They know they're not a perfect team. They know that, that they, they need to make upgrades, but they, they still have three months as do all teams to do it before the trade deadline passes. So, I don't think that, that they necessarily are scouring the market today to make a, a big deal. And if anything, you know, they're, they're looking forward to getting a little healthier here with Timothy Lilligren working his way back from his high ankle sprain. And, you know, mm. it seems as though they maybe turned a corner where, where some of the injury news is turning a little bit more positive for them. That's a lot of positive stuff because I was just about to say, and I wasn't trying to do this to be malicious. I still can't believe the San Jose Sharks have more regulation wins than the Toronto Maple Leafs do. That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't, but I'm really mixed on this. Like this is this stat is like taking on a life of its own a little bit around this team. Like obviously, 
I just don't know if it matters yet. I guess that's what I'm saying. I, I'm willing to say okay. that it might matter, but it, I mean, they're still winning games. Um, they've come back a lot this year. Like, I guess in a, yes, in a perfect world, you want to win every game, like four to one. You want it to be comfortable. You don't want to give up much on your penalty kill. You like, you want everything, but like, that's, we don't live in that world. Right. I mean, and, and I, I'm not, I'm not saying it doesn't matter. Cause maybe, maybe this is the ultimate house of cards. Maybe that's that what it tells you. But to me, they've just been such a good team for such a long time. Again, they've had injuries and things that they, they've gone through. Like, I don't think they've played that well, but isn't it good news when you have a good team? Like, I, I think the reverse is true, too. Like, if you see a team that hasn't proven itself yet and they, and they have, like, this hot start and there's all these sort of troubling signs, you're like, well, this might not be real. I mean, I think we've seen enough of this core of the Leafs to know that they're, I mean, they're 110-point team almost every year. Uh, there's there's questions about how they perform in the playoffs. I think that that'll be a big part of what we focus on as things go on. But I just I don't know that the regulation wins stat is like this harbinger of like chaos to come, negative things ahead. But I mean, look at I'll I'll put my hand up and say I'm wrong if we're if in February they're completely in the ditch and everyone's like I told you so. There was just smoke and mirrors at the start of the year. I think more than likely it's it's almost it's it's taking away from how good how much they've managed to get through and put points in the bank when they haven't been at their best and they still got lots of time to get towards their best. Very well said. And also February, let's get to Christmas first. (laughs) Well, I mean, but like, what have they won in the last week? I don't have their record in front of me. Have they won? Are they like four, one and one in the last six games or something? Like, I don't know. I, I feel like, I feel like some of the, hysteria is a little overblown this year, but I mean, that's, that's, that's the market. That's the, the team. That's the fan base. I mean, we're, we're here on the Steve Dangle podcast network, which was built, which was built on the tears of Leaf fans. So, I mean, <laughs> who, who am I to throw too many darts around here? But I just, I, I do think that it's a little bit oversaid their, their problems. Again, I'm not saying that they played amazing. That's not the argument. I yeah. just think these are proven enough players and, we were not looking at the final version of the team at this point in time. So I, I'm willing to let this play out more, especially while they are putting points in the bank, even if they're coming in overtime or the shootout. Six, two and two in their last 10 are the Toronto Maple Leafs. So they, yeah, they have been 60%. Yeah. Wouldn't we all love to fail at six, two and two? Yeah. When we all love a 60%, I mean, maybe not me. I probably would rather 80%. Well, I mean, I'm not Just, talking about school. I'm talking about, in sports, <laughs> that's what, winning, cool, yeah. in sports, if you're winning 60% of your games, you're you a pretty damn good team in any of the sports. Exactly. You know who's winning more than that, though? The Dallas Cowboys. Oh, good for you, good for you guys. The Dallas that's Cowboys awesome. are winning more, more than 60% of the games, my friend. That is really good. And that is a great time for us to go to Sports Interaction and continue with the rest of the show on the other side of our break. It's all part of the game. Welcome to You Can Bet That. Remember to hit up sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN for all of your gaming needs. Next NHL head coach to be fired. It's not always fun when that happens. Uh, DJ Smith is the betting favorite, according to Sports Interaction. Odds are three to one. Lane Lambert in New York uh, at six to one. Craig Brubay in St. Louis at seven to one. Lindy Ruff is also on this list at 8-1. to one. David Quinn with San Jose at 9-1 to one as well. You can find the full list on the Sports Interaction website. But what say you about that list? Well, can we first acknowledge what a crazy profession being an NHL head coach is? Because the fact yes. that these lists even exist 
And you can basically, it's like you can set your watch to it. Actually, last season, Julian, we didn't see uh, much in the way of in-season coaching changes. But, you know, generally, it's just like it's going to happen to some point. I think it's the average tenure is, what, two and a half years? And you can see why it happens. Look, John Hines takes over uh, in Minnesota from Dean Evison. And, and guess what? The Wild go on a winning streak. Uh, Chris Knobloch takes over from Jay Woodcroft in Edmonton. Uh, they did have a brief down, but then they've, they've just won four games in a row. And so you can see why the temptation is there for teams. I don't know if it's just almost like reversion to the mean where those teams were not as bad as they looked, or if it is just the new voice and some, you know, some new ideas in terms of how to deploy the players. Anyway, that's a long way of saying, uh, you know, I think the pressure is highest in Ottawa uh, among the, the places you mentioned there. And so I, it, it's only natural that, that DJ's name would be at the top of the list. You know, I, I really don't get the sense that the management there wants to make a change, but, you know, the, there was expectations of pushing towards the playoffs. They've just kind of got off to another muddy start. And, you know, I, I think that you could get to a point where that change is made. Uh, so so he's probably number one with with for good reason on that list. But, man, it's it's a tough job. I, I think that yeah. I, I can only imagine what it's like operating while these lists exist. You know what I mean? Your family and everyone sees those things. Oi. Yeah, I can imagine that. Uh, don't forget to check out sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN for all the best odds before game, in-game, and the best props. Sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN. This episode of The Chris Johnston Show is brought to you by Factor. This bustling holiday season, you might be looking for nutritious, flavorful, just, you know what? Meals that'll just save you some time on jam-packed days. Factor is America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service, and they can help you eat well for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian-approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You will save time and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle while tackling all of your holiday to-dos. And I know your to-do lists are going to be long. You can cross meal prepping off of your list this holiday season with Factor. Skip the meal planning, the grocery shopping, the chopping, the prepping, and cleaning up, and get Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals delivered to your door. They are ready in just two minutes, so literally all you have to do is heat those bad boys up and enjoy them. They're not just for dinner either. Uh, you can count on extra convenience any time of the day with an assortment of 55-plus add-ons to suit various preferences and tastes. You can choose from quick breakfast items, lunch to go, grab-and-go snacks, cold-pressed juices, shakes, and smoothies. Factor's got it all. You can head to factormeals.com slash Johnston50 and use code Johnston50 to get 50% off. This episode of The Chris Johnston Show is brought to you by SeatGeek. With over 28 million downloads, SeatGeek is the number one rated ticketing app. There are more than 70,000 events every single day on SeatGeek, including concerts, sports, festivals, and more. The NFL and NHL seasons are in full swing. The NBA as well. They're going through the in-season tournament right now. Quarterfinal games are going on this week. SeatGeek has your tickets to every single game. Plus, if you want to go to concerts, Travis Scott's on tour. Zach Bryan's on tour. A lot of people obviously are going to want Taylor Swift tickets for whenever she goes on tour next. SeatGeek has you covered. They put all the tickets across the web in one place to make sure you're getting a good deal. And each ticket is rated on a scale of 1 to 10. So look for the green dots. Green means good. Red means bad. And every ticket is backed by their buyer guarantee. SeatGeek is the only website that lets you return your ticket ahead of the event thanks to swaps. 
Johnston is the code you need to get $20 off tickets at SeatGeek. That's $20 off your first purchase with the promo code Johnston. Make sure you click the link in the description to download the app. Uh, Siege, before we get to ask CJ, and uh, before I ask you some questions about uh, you being in Seattle for the NHL Board of Governors meeting, do we have any update on on Jack Campbell in Edmonton? Uh, we know we've been talking about their goaltending situation for a good chunk of the year. Jack Campbell in uh, Bakersfield right now, three four zero and one with a three two with a three two eight GAA and an eight ninety three save percentage. He did have a shutout a couple of games ago, but the performances have been more or less shaky. Uh, to say the least, at least just on paper, looking at these, I haven't been able to watch any of his games that closely. Uh, I'm really curious if if the plan is still for him to get called up or if the Oilers are going to look elsewhere. Well, I mean, the numbers aren't encouraging that, that you mentioned. It, and, it's, you know, it's only really a handful of games. We'll see where that goes. I know there have been internal discussions about bringing Campbell back up to the NHL. You know, I, I don't know that the plan is to just stick him in Bakersfield indefinitely. Um, you know, obviously, they're, they're, we're hoping, though, that by sending him down, that it would give him a chance to have a reset and to rediscover his game and his performance. Um, because, you know, this is a crazy this is a crazy sport, man. They, they might still need him at some point, as much as that seems sort of improbable, given, you know, the start they had, the fact that they've just, you know, run him through waivers, you know, a year and a half after signing him to a big free agent deal. Um, you know, I, I don't know that it's going super well. The good news is that at the NHL level, you know, the Oilers are in this weird schedule right now where they're off for basically a week. They actually had time for Connor McDavid. I don't know if you saw this over the weekend to be in Toronto to get uh, his star uh, unveiled on the Canadian Walk of Fame. Uh, I did see that. Which, which is weird, you know, in the middle of a season that you can have a guy, you know, back in his hometown doing that. Um, congrats, Connor, by the way. But, congrats. you know, the Edmonton did win four games in a row right before that break, right? And so I think that does ease some of the certainly the pressure on the organization, on the, on the players, you know, it's been a very turbulent start to the year there. And, you know, I, I don't know where they, they've landed on, on Campbell. I mean, again, I know that they got to the point where they're discussing, do we bring him up? But I, I'm not sure they've executed a decision there just yet. Obviously hasn't been recalled, at least as of the time we're recording this. And, you know, maybe, maybe the fact that his performances aren't screaming, you know, call up and they're, they're not in an urgent, as urgent of a situation as they were, you know, maybe there's a little bit more time here, but um, you know, certainly I think the Oilers have, have continued to look at the goalie market. You know, it's it's not particularly robust, or it's it's maybe not full of um, what I would say options that are like, okay, this is a clear upgrade on what we have, um, and so that's that's probably explains why nothing has happened just yet. You know, I know they even explored at one point trading Jack Campbell, but they were going to have to include some pretty uh, big sweeteners in order to to have that happen, and so. You know, I think that, that the easy answer or the short answer is that they're they're looking at their options still, but you know, winning just does buy you that time, right? And and so I think that they're they've got a little bit more time to to use it. You know, it should be noted too that since we've recorded, you know, Samuel Montembeau uh mm-hmm. signed a three year deal in Montreal. You know, he was a pending UFA goaltender. I, I don't think the Canadians ever really wanted to trade him, but there was a world maybe where they were gonna be forced to consider it if if they didn't get his uh you know signature on a contract. But now, now he's locked in, so you wonder about Jake Allen's future when we're looking at goalies that could be moved. Um, you know, he's under contract beyond this year. He has an 18 no trade clause, so he, he has some some say or control over or what's going to happen here um, for where he goes. But um, yeah, I think that's I think that's sort of where we're at. Um, the Oilers uh, obviously would love that. The best case scenario for everyone involved is that Jack Campbell figures it out and 
returns to form. He's done it before. I'll, I'll say that, you know, he, he's had a long stint in the AHL uh, before, you know, kind of rising to prominence in LA a few years ago. And so the, the hope is he can do it again. Okay. Uh, now let's get to why you're in Seattle for the uh, NHL BOG. Why are you in Seattle? What do you <laughs> expect from these meetings? What's, what's so important uh, that you had to fly all the way out to be there? Well, I mean, this is the meeting where literally they could come out today and say we're expanding. Um, that I don't know how many years ago that was, five, six, seven, eight years ago, I was at one of these meetings. There was no buzz heading in. And literally Gary Bettman calls, I don't know if there's maybe 10 of us there, reporters, calls us into this room and he's like, we're, we're expanding to Vegas. They're starting a ticket drive. Like th- this is the most powerful people in the sport and they can make, they can make big unilateral decisions or multilateral, I guess, because they all have to, be, there has to be a certain quorum among the owners. But I mean, this is where big changes can happen. I think it's interesting that we're in Seattle. The, the, the Kraken ownership group actually requested to have the meeting in their own city. They wanted to, to be able to show the other NHL owners uh, around town, I guess, so to speak, to, to show off, um, you know, their city, the newest franchise in the league right now. And so, you know, typically these these are held at in sunny locales like Florida or California, but here we are, and I'm not complaining because I mean, I'm, let's face it, I'm living in a hotel Beautiful either way. City. Like, right for sure. And I should say though, like that, what this covering this meeting entails is literally standing around a hotel lobby, you know, corralling the people as they walk by. So I could be in the the best climate or the worst climate, and as long as the hotel itself has, you know, what I mean, um, that's all I'm seeing anyway. But um, yeah, so. It, we're, we're here for that. And, and, you know, I don't know that there's any big news plan, but I, I would say the fun of this event is the unknown. Is that possibility? I mean, I, I it seems to me that, I mean, the commissioner, Gary Bettman's been pretty open about talking about the subject of expansion broadly, like in, in his more recent availabilities, but it, it doesn't sound to me like it's coming right now, but, but it's, it's clearly on their minds to some degree, um, you know, as, as, you know, Bettman has said a lot of that's because they've got cities and, and potential owners coming to them and saying, hey, what about us? You know, is there anything to be done here? And so I think that, that they have some of those relationships cooking under the surface, which is maybe um, making it more appealing. I think the fact that franchise values are have gone pretty uh, starkly up and to the right in terms of uh, the, the value going up, you know, it becomes more appealing. And so. You know, we, we've got all kinds of situations in the league. We, we've got, what are they going to do with the draft? Is, you know, maybe mandatory neck guards or, or protection? Is that going to be discussed here? Obviously, with the Adam Johnson tragedy in, in Britain, you know, I think there might still be some fallout from the Corey Perry situation to be discussed. You know, you know, one thing I'll be curious to see is, you know, does, does he need to speak to the commissioner before potentially returning with another team? Uh, not to say that's where his head's at, you know, based on this, the statement he put out, it seems very much like he's not, you know, at the spot where he, he wants to play right now anyway. But, um, you know, I think that, that that'll be discussed. And then the expansion issue, I just think, is always kind of an interesting one, um, you know, because the, that it seems crazy that we're already, you know, the NBA still at 30 teams. You know, I'm sitting in Seattle. I know the NBA, would. it seems like he's going to come back to this city at some point in time. Uh, but maybe the NHL will, will, will push forward and have add even more teams before the other leagues uh, are doing that. Atlanta, Houston, Salt Lake City. There's a couple different U.S. options for them. Yeah. Did you see Salt Lake? It looks like they're going to get a Winter Olympics. I had again. heard about that in passing. Yeah, there was a, a headline. There was a meeting, I think, somewhere in Europe over the weekend. And 
sounds like they're they're tabbed for the 2034 Olympics, which sounds really far away, but you know, it's only a couple winter Olympic cycles down the road. And, and, you know, it's, it's hard not to connect dots with the fact you have a very wealthy person there trying, you know, with an interest in the NHL an open interest uh, there, they're, I would assume going to have to build a venue to, to have the winter Olympics in that city. You just wonder if that could all be tied together somewhere down the road. Again, not, not anything I would expect to be resolved or, or announced during these meetings, but you can start to see where the situation that, that might lead a team there is. And look, I mean, no one wants to hear about this anymore because it has been discussed ad nauseum for 15 years. But we are sitting here right now where the Arizona Coyotes are still playing out of a college rink and they're trying to secure plans to, to build their own NHL size arena. And the expectation was that that would be finalized, like those plans somewhere in the new year. And that if they weren't, I, I think we're starting to get into contingencies like, could they be moved? Is there other cities out there? Obviously, Salt Lake has been mentioned as a possibility for that. Should should the Coyotes have to be moved? And so, you know, I, I know that the amount of talk about a Coyotes arena, probably everyone's ears turn off. But that that is actually something that has to be resolved in the near future. And so hopefully we'll get some some clarity there. The other thing I should mention, too, is this is usually where we get a, a, a clear idea of the salary cap uh, mm-hmm. for next season. Um, basically, you know, they've, they've got the first quarter of the season's revenue data in the books now and can, I think, project where they're going. And, you know, that's something that the, the hockey people at this meeting, I mean, obviously a lot of business uh, people from organizations are here, but any hockey people usually want to hear that because, uh, you know, it affects some of the decisions they're contemplating with players. All right. That is a lot that could happen on the docket. It, uh, I, love, I love the idea of you being in the unknown uh, for the for the BOG, but uh, we'll be there to talk about it on Thursday if anything crazy arises. So uh, enjoy your time in Seattle as long as you have to be there. You're gonna be there the whole week. Uh, no, I'm I'm flying back Wednesday, so it's a pretty pretty okay. quick trip. Um, and it's only my second time here. I've actually never been for a Kraken game yet, and and I'm not going to see one. Unfortunately, the Kraken are on the road this week. That was the only kind of weird thing. I was like, if you're bringing it here, why wouldn't you have it lined up with a game? You could have had all the owners at a game in a suite or something. But um, anyway, easier for me to sit there and second guess that. But uh, I'm, so I'm not going to get into Climate Pledge Arena this time, but I, I will be back at some point. Awesome. Uh, let's get to Ask CJ. Uh, thank you to everyone who submitted questions for his mailbag or anyone who has ever sent in questions, whether on uh, Twitter or on Discord. Uh, there are a few. Uh, that we can get to uh, through the mailbag call out on the athletics. So we'll delve into that mailbag. Uh, I'd like to start with this one from Curtis H. Since you mentioned him, there seems to be a lot of smoke around Patrick Kane right now, but I haven't heard much about Phil Kessel. Is it his intention to play this year? And if so, what timeline should we expect for him? I think it's tough to place a timeline on it because, you know, Phil has wanted to return the whole time. And so, you know, he was reluctant to go to a team's training camp on a tryout agreement. Um, so that, so he didn't end up doing that, but you know, he's continued to, to skate. He's living in the, in Arizona and, and keep himself game ready. I know there's been discussions and some ongoing discussions with teams, even to a point where there was one stage in October where it looked very close, like he was going to get a contract uh, that obviously didn't happen. And so, you know, you do wonder you know, as as the, if as the weeks become months, become you know, the, is 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 it is it all done for him? I mean, in his mind and heart, he hopes not. And and so it's it's going to take one team that's serious enough to give him a chance. You know, he is actually still technically the NHL's active Ironman. 
Uh, he hasn't missed a game yet because he's not under contract to anybody. But, you know, I, I do know that it's not so important for him to, to keep that streak going. I mean, I think he, he's just looking to sign somewhere and keep playing. And, and if that team wants to, you know, not dress him on back-to-back nights or, or, you know, have him kind of as an extra forward, I think he's open to some of those opportunities. And so, you know, I guess only time will tell if Phil Kessel is going to be back in the NHL. But, but certainly it's his desire to get back there. And, you know, we've seen players miss a whole year and come back. I remember Brian Boyle did that late in his career. Eric Stahl has done it. Um, so. I, I'm not closing the book on Phil Kessel just yet because the guy still seems to love the game and I know he's been a very popular teammate uh, most of the places he's been playing and uh, you know he still had what 40 points last year maybe not quite that many yeah he, he he put up some decent offensive numbers for the for the amount he played last year in Vegas and and helped that team win another cup. Uh, Phil Kessel had 36 points. He was close to 40. You're right. Right, and so I think as a team that might need a power play shooter, um, you know, like you have to be using him in a certain way. I I still think that there's, he's got something to give. So, you know, I I think he'll be back, but I would have, if we had this question a month ago, I would have been feeling more certain because back then it seemed like there was a little bit of a push to get something done. And now another month has passed and he's not signed. And it's just harder and harder to imagine him jumping in midstream. Okay. Uh, From John P. I think people are getting hung up on the wrong Swedish superstars contract negotiation. What does it take for the Canucks to lock up Elias Peterson up? Well, I mean, I I, I get the the shade being thrown at all the discussion is about William Nylander. I think the difference is (laughs) no, but it's, but I'll say this. The difference is that William Nylander is an unrestricted free agent on July 1st, meaning if the Leafs don't have a new deal with him, he hits the open market. Anyone can sign him. Elias Pettersson is, is yeah. has one more RFA year, even though his contract's up. Obviously, someone could offer Sheetham or something could happen. But, I mean, it, it's it's not being discussed with the same urgency because it's not the same situation. And But I do think it, it's interesting timing. I mean, first of all, Pettersson's had a great start to the season. He's coming off 100-plus points last year. So, I mean, he's his career is trending in a great direction for someone needing a contract. And I'll be curious to see how he uses that year because – you know, well, I know that there's been some smoke and discussion about how, you know, that maybe some of the, the talks have picked up with his camp and, and the Canucks. I don't know that he feels the pressure necessarily to have to reach a deal right now because at the absolute worst, Julian, he could just play out this year, take his qualifying offer, which is $8.8 million for next season, give or take, and then become a UFA. He could also go to arbitration this summer, um, which is not necessarily the best process for player and team. But maybe he are, you know, an arbitrator awards him even more than an 8.8. And ultimately, you know, we're, we're sitting here, as I'm saying, in Seattle, and I'm wondering about the, the salary cap. You know, the more the longer this goes along, the more clarity we get on where the cap's going. I mean, I'm sure he's he's not going to be arguing to get the same salary as player X. He's going to be arguing to get the same percentage of the cap as player X. And that percentage of the cap when the cap goes up means a higher number. And so I think he has a tremendous amount of leverage here, you know, built on the fact that he's coming off a great season. He's having a great season. The Canucks themselves are enjoying success. I think the team's under a lot of pressure to to try to sign him and to, to wrap it up as soon as possible. But, you know, I think he's comfortable kind of slow playing things if that, if the team isn't compelling him to sign, because all of those factors I just mentioned point to him becoming one of the highest paid players in the league, you know, on his next deal. I, I think, I think that that's very likely. I, I I can't say what number it's going to take to get them done, but you know it's going to be eight figures, meaning north of ten million dollars on the AAV, and it's 
probably if he's staying in Vancouver is going to be an eight year contract. And as I mentioned, he has the option to maybe play on a one year deal one more before that, that point in time. Um, but you know, the, the player, the player has the leverage here. That's what happens once you get to your seven professional seasons. And if you're a top player, um, the team's in a really difficult position to sign you and you can almost name your number. And I think that's, that's kind of the territory that Pedersen's trending towards. Elias Pedersen deserves the bag. He deserves the bag. He's been having a baller year. Those Vancouver Canucks are having a baller year right now. JT Miller and Quinn Hughes and Pedersen still among these scoring leaders. Like who, Between the Canucks or somebody else, he's going to get the bag, and he deserves and it. I, he's an incredible player. And I don't think we should predict he's leaving Vancouver. I, I don't think that at no. all, but it, you know, but no. there's there's a certain dynamic. It's, it's kind of like Nylander, honestly, because I've been pretty consistent. I think he's going to stay in Toronto, but there's a dynamic at play in the negotiation where Nylander's in no rush to sign a contract that he thinks is less than his value because there's more pressure getting shifted to the team the closer we get to the trade deadline to January to July 1st. And so, you know, this is, this is what I mean. When you get to that seventh professional season, which is, which is when you get full rights to go sign with anybody else. And if you're a top player in the league or, or having a great year, I mean, that all the heat is on, on the GM trying to, trying to get you uh, to sign a contract. Okay. From K-Town2272 on Discord, where will Shohei Otani land? Oh, man. <laughs> Toronto. <laughs> the, the, Toronto. The prayer emoji. The, pr- the prayer hands have been pulled out, ladies and gentlemen, for Shohei Otani, I, for those who are not watching on video. I, um, I was really hopeful Shohei was going to sign with the Jays when he first came from Japan. Uh, and because they were in the mix at that point in time. And I just would love to see this guy play for my favorite team. So I don't have any inside knowledge. I was trolling on Twitter there the other day. If anyone saw me tweet about it, but I would just the fact that they're being mentioned among the potentially two, three or four teams, depending which report you're looking at that are in the mix. I, I mean, it's almost, I, I'm just, I'm prepared to be hurt again. Because the Jays seem to get linked to like big free agents every every year and then end up somewhere below the top name, but I'm just hoping it can be Toronto. That would that would be tremendous. Uh, what about Juan Soto? I mean, you know, there's a possibility you could get him too. There is. I'm a little less excited about that because you know he's one year from free agency. It would it just be for one season? You know, what are you giving up to get one season of Juan Soto? I mean, look at if. If it ends up being Juan Soto, I'm not going to be complaining. I'll be damn excited to watch him, you know, play for the Jays. But I just love the idea of signing Otani to like a four-year deal or something, massive money, because I also think that that puts a lot of pressure on ownership to keep building a great team around him. And I want the Jays to extend this window. Like, there, there's some question, right? The Jays have they were they, a team that was on the rise, and they they certainly haven't hit a peak yet. But you're like, we're not that long off of like, what do they do with Vladdy's next contract? You know, they signed Bichette. To a couple year deal, but you know, he's gonna he's gonna be getting the bag after that. And so, you know, you could just see that this might not be a team that's that's trending towards um being a you know competing for a World Series. But I think if you sign with Tani, that's a pre- pretty clear statement of intent that you're gonna be all in on trying to win. And I, I think that the that would just be tremendous. So they're you know, look at they're they're putting a, a new uh, renovation again this this winter at the Rogers Center. So they're investing money in there. They they probably Want to make sure there's lots of fans in the building to justify those expenses. So double down, Rogers, and get Otani. You heard that from CJ, everybody. Bring me Otani. Bring me Otani, he says. 
Uh, yeah, uh, we're at a point now where uh, if it comes to a point where we have to talk about Otani or Soto signing and it's announced during the show, uh, we have been given the green light by our bosses to do so. so. <laughs> Just well, thank you for set. including that question. I like that. Uh, from Congo Red, this is more of a journalistic question. Uh, if you have a story, someone goes off the record with you and you can't confirm, how do you ensure you don't reveal anything about it? Well, you just don't say it, right? I mean, I'm yeah. sorry, I'm just trying to like think this through. Like, there's lots of things I hear off the record that I just would never say on this podcast or put in writing because it isn't confirmed. And and you know, it's it's either something that's meant to be kept secret and it's just context, or or it's something I can't prove is true. And so, I think the the easiest way to do that is you just you don't talk about it, you don't write about it, you uh, you know, like we're doing that all the time, like it. Yeah. it it becomes a natural function of our job. So that's why it's almost why I didn't have an answer right away. Cause it, it's just like, this is just how it is. I mean, people are telling us things all the time. Um, and then you gotta, you gotta separate fact from fiction and that, that you can prove you, you end up reporting on. All right. And that's going to do it for ask CJ uh, on this here Monday. And that's going to do it for uh, the CJ show on this Monday as well. And uh, we'll be back on Thursday with a brand new episode. CJ should be back from Seattle by then. We'll have stick taps and other news and notes around the National Hockey League. Uh, Subscribe to the SDPN YouTube page. Subscribe to our podcast, whether you listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, even Amazon Music or whatever podcast catcher you have. Uh, Just subscribe to us and leave us a, a like or rating or however else you can show your love to this great and fantastic show. Uh, any other final thoughts before we uh, get out of here, Siege? That's good, man. Nice, tight show today. Remember once upon a time, we were going to be a 30-minute podcast? Today, we came that close. Never, that was never going to happen. It was never going to happen. You have too That's much how Adam Wilde envisioned this. It was never going to happen. There was no way we were <laughs> going to keep it to 30 minutes with all the information that you have. Well, I was going to say, and, and with your, your verbose, your great host, I, I I do okay. I said Elias Peterson earlier. I'm going to think about that all day. <laughs> That's okay. Hey, I know it's Elias Patterson. It happens. It does happen. I didn't even I didn't even correct you because I just figured it was a slip. I know it was a slip. It's okay. Anyways, uh, we'll be back on Thursday for CJ. I'm Julian. So long and peace. The Chris Johnson Show, powered by Sports Interaction, your homegrown sportsbook. Always remember to bet local. Inside the game, twice a week. Follow Chris on Twitter at Reporter Chris and follow Julian McKenzie at JK and McKenzie. The Chris Johnston Show.